Hello and welcome to another episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas, the podcast formerly known as Archie Fucks, but now where Andrew reads preteen books and talks about it with fellow adult men. Hey, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. You know, this podcast is my baby, and uh, speaking of someone who just had a baby, let's welcome Jason back to the fold. Hello, Jason. Oh, hi, hi. My wife just had a child and I said... Um, I'm going to talk about a preteen book. Peace the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, he's no no awkward stares were given. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm divorced <laughs> with a child. It's okay. We all know he named the child Jughead. It's all good. It's... <laughs> My child's name is Donkey Lips. Thank you. <laughs> oh God. Middle name middle name Lips Donkey Lips. Speaking That's of funny. Donkey Lip, no, just kidding. That, is, uh, that might be in, informal child abuse. Donkey Lips Drury. That's Unofficial name. child abuse. And that Donkey. other voice, the other voice you're hearing from Aloft, is joining us for the first time, kind of, but not really. Uh, it's Luke. Hello, Luke. Hey, the first time for the second time. The first time for the second time. So I actually had him on the last episode talking about uh, The Day Before, which was the other prequel novel also written by Nicole Ostao, who wrote this one. Um, and that's not a pseudonym. That's a real name. It's a lady. Okay? I need you to just say that name at least three or four more times for me. Nicole Ostao. Okay, there okay. you go. If you, uh, okay. if you pay, pay me enough and uh, get you some ASMR. Um, but yeah, but we lost that episode unfortunately because i was trying to be cheap and use the cheap recording software and i was like ah it, it worked it worked once it'll work fine and then it was it, a ghost a it, ghost did it it was a ghost. I'm, I'm a cheap date so I'm, I'm used to stuff just crapping out on me in the middle so you know oh uh, well, i'm not sure what that means i don't i, uh, I, don't, I, I, I honestly don't even know what it meant either i just said it and we'll deal with it from there you know what? That's fair. That's fair. Um, you know you're saying this on a podcast that was on the charts in Romania, right? Uh, well, I'll, we'll deal with the backlash later. It's fine. <laughs> They're using this information to hack the 2020 election <laughs> in Romania. <laughs> They're, They're, trying to learn They're like, yes, all Americans love Archie and Riverdale. We will, <laughs> we will take the American scum and take them down. <laughs> Hey, you ever thought about joining fascism? Archie, Archie does. Look at them without the shirt. He is an Aryan queen. Uh, anyways. Oh, that's definitely Putin's favorite show. <laughs> He's like, he takes his shirt off just like me <laughs> in Ride Horse. Except Putin fight invisible bear and kill him. No. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, I, am I still, so this is the second time that I've been on this and I still am not drinking a milkshake or a mimosa. Am I doing this wrong? Uh, no, you're not. I had a mimosa for the first time a few days ago. Didn't like it. And I was like, I wonder oh, why I named okay. a podcast Mimosas after are delicious. this. I mean, I'm going Bloody Mary if I'm drinking that's during fair. mimosa time, but that's mimosas are, are, are delightful. That's fair. Oh, give me that's a mimosa fair. over a Bloody Mary any day of the week. Oh, that's Speaking things that were delightful, we talked about the first book earlier that in the last episode and i kind of did a, a brief synopsis that was a book that didn't feel like it was written about the riverdale characters because it felt like it was written about the comic characters because it was like more innocent it had like a more interesting uh turn of phrase it did just entirely drop a few plot lines and we just never had a resolve like what's going on with betty and rad brad we never find out what's going on with rad brad la brad i don't know He's in my heart still. 
uh, but he might be dead. I don't know. We never talk about him. But it, it, it felt more natural. Like, a lot of the references felt like things that teenagers would make. They were making references to, like, characters and uh, events of the time. It was, like, stuff that was, like, so on touch with pop culture that even I didn't, like, I'm not young, right? So I didn't catch a lot of it. And Sophie, who was hip with the young culture, was like, no, like, this is real stuff, Andrew. You thought they were just making it up. But, no, Hello Giggles is for real. And you know what? They dropped that all for this book. I don't know what happened. It's the exact same writer. Nicola Stow wrote the first book and wrote this book. But this book is for fans of Riverdale, where I would say the other book is for fans of Archie almost, like is how I would classify it. Because like a lot of this is done in a very similar style, except like all of the touches to like actual modern day teen stuff is completely dropped. And you get the complete weird anarchistic batshit stuff that you get in normal episodes of Riverdale. So like... If you're a fan of Riverdale the show, you are going to love this book because it is very Riverdale. It hate the show. It hate, hate our podcast. <laughs> it hate the podcast. If you love milkshakes or most of the chances are you're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> Before we get it too far into it, do any of you guys have experience with reading tie-in books for like shows or like a movie that you really like? Not a novelization, but something that somebody wrote like a tie-in book. Luke, is there anything uh, anything that you can think of that you might have experience with? No, the only experience I would have would be like novelization <clears throat> novelizations of movies. Uh, I've at least not that I can think of off the top of my head. I I got nothing. Um, I have experience with you reading me Zach Baggins internet porno. Does that count? <laughs> yes, but we don't talk about what we do in our private time. Um... <laughs> that's, that's, how, that's how Jason goes to bed every night. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm, par- I'm partially responsible for that ba- for why that baby was made. So, you know. <laughs> Zach, Zach Baggins porno while I made my baby. That, that made him extremely – that made him extremely – Extremely, uh, I, I want to say fertile, but I don't feel like that's the right word. But... You know, <laughs> there are many words you could describe it, but wow. we're just going to keep going. Okay, so I, I, I am an interesting person. I am person. very fertile, by the way. Okay, well, there you go. I, clearly, you have a child. If, so. you just, if you stand around him for a long period of time, you just you automatically just start feeling like you could get pregnant. <laughs> I just spore like a mushroom. <laughs> wow, this is uh, getting off the rails. But it's fine. <laughs> no, but like, uh, I've definitely read a bunch of novelizations, right? Like, uh, all sorts of stuff. But like, uh, what do you mean exactly? Like, t- well, book tie-in? Well, like, like, I would say like a lot of Star Trek, like Star Wars and Star Trek. I've like, read a bunch of Star Wars books, right? So, like, and yes. and all of that is like kind of tertiary to the movies and kind of like included, okay. like depending on gotcha. what you're reading, right? Like Star Trek so too. Expands like, on the. Um, in in terms of expanding on the actual um, story or the the greater world, that's canon to the world as opposed to like telling the exact story of the film is what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and and so yeah, start yeah. And that's kind of what this book is is doing because so this book takes in place in between season two and three, and like uh, it's this this is a weird book because like I want to recommend it. But I want to recommend it for, like, if you deleted all of, like, 
three chapters. There are three chapters. So there's enough material in this book for like a, a cool little horror story because like they hard go into horror, which is like which is very odd because like Riverdale itself kind of like skirts around the horror genre a little bit. Like they'll just be like, "Oh, Archie, you are like one of the Dream Warriors!" Oh, wow, that's amazing. Let's sing it for all of our fans, Dream Warriors. <laughs> Uh, I love the Mickey Mouse showed up for oh, this. I, I was thinking that it was almost a little bit like over happy Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wait, wait, I don't think we established this. Luke, have you watched any of Riverdale? <clears throat> no, I have not. <laughs> Nor have I. So essentially what's going on in this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is that Andrew has read a book tertiary to a show that nobody else on this podcast has watched. I, I'm, going to I think I'm, I'm just here to literally make jokes about you being really fertile and how you could possibly get people pregnant just by standing by you. I want to be clear. That is not a joke. That is, <laughs> that is a warning to anyone listening to this podcast. You may become pregnant by listening to it. <laughs> Even listening to his voice, you might just want to go out and get pregnant. <laughs> well, well, you know, this is quite a quite a great that sound that that gap in anybody talking was Andrew immediately regretting every decision that led us here. <laughs> this may be another lost episode. <laughs> <laughs> Quote unquote lost episodes. Okay. So Luke. So this what? takes place after a cliffhanger from season two. Season okay. two had a batshit premise. And ended in a way that you'd be like, that that's kind of crazy. So what's a way, what's an event, what's a series of things happening to our main character, Archie, that you would see making for a good arc to leave a season off of? And, like, this is a big shift. Maybe he's even getting taken out of high school. So he's being taken out of high school, and it's bad. Having absolutely no context to what's about to happen here, I, I would have to say... What I mean, what makes for a good cliffhanger? Generally, it's your main character gets kidnapped or somebody close to them is about to die or uh, <clears throat> or if we're going really outrageous, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to go really outrageous and I'm going to say he gets uh, abducted by aliens. Okay, okay. That's that, what I'm going with. That would be, that would be, Final answer. That would be uh, more interesting than what happened. Uh, uh, Jason, let's see how much you've maintained of this show in your life. What do you remember what happened at the end of season two to Archie? Um, is that when he went to prison? Yeah. Archie's yeah. on trial because uh, okay. Archie, after becoming an alt-right dude. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so this takes place at, in between his trial to like when he gets actually like in season three, he's like put in juvie and everything like that. So this is like the idea of like this is the last forty five year old man is put in juvie. This forty five year old man is KJ Apo, the fighter forty five year old man. He's put in juvie. Uh but it's it's all about like the in between, like the right before he goes to uh jail. So like think of this like the Edward Norton movie by Spike Lee, the twenty fifth hour. Do you Oh yes. That's yes, uh, yep, that's the yeah. film where he just turns to the camera and just starts saying racial slurs. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yep, that is that is yes, a I remember. Look, that that's is a thing. That's the plot that, of that movie, I think. That is kind of the plot of that movie. He's not a good man. <laughs> He's not a good man. That's the point of the movie. No, but anyway. It's but it's movie, it's yeah. all about that 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 moment before you go to prison. Um and in this book, what their whole goal is, they want to go back to 
Hiram Lodge's cabin where a murder hat where the murder that he's framed for happened to go and try to find more evidence. It's like a it's a bad idea right from the get go, but they're going to the the place and they're going to try and find evidence. And it's like all about their road trip to get there. Right. So you seem like it's like a simple road trip premise, but they have to again, they have to pad this story because there's about. I would say maybe like 100 pages of good, solid story in there and 300 pages of filler. So it's Archie and who else? So we've got Archie, Betty, Veronica, Jughead. Now I'm assuming they drive off a cliff at the end of this book. Oh, yeah. We're going <laughs> Thelma and Louise style. We're going. Uh, that is that is a quote from Thelma and Louise. They're like, Thelma and Louise style. We're going. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very weird movie. Um and they have to pad this. And I'm Brad Pitt. <laughs> I'm Brad Pitt. I'm early. I'm an early person in this movie. Uh, and he's there. But yeah, so they are off to Hiram's cabin. Now, now, Hiram Lodge's cabin. What do you think it's called, Luke? It's really, really stupid. Hiram Lodge's cabin. What? What is the cabin called? Yes. It's a it's pun. Really it's not even it's a, a pun. Uh, it's like Jacob Tutu. Hiram Stabbin Cabin. I have no <laughs> idea. Stabbin Cabin? I feel like that's a name that Jughead would have said in this, but we'll get into how uh, Jughead is a discount uh, version of Randy from Scream in this book, but we'll get to that in a second. What do you, Jason, what do you think it is? Um, because of the cast of the show, I'm going to call it The Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> the Cracker Barrel. Okay, it's Sorry, worse. I'm joke <laughs> it's worse. It's called The Lodge Lodge. Yes. What? Yes, yes. They're like, oh, that's, we're, they just put no thought we're into going to the Lodge Lodge. Get it? Hiram Lodge has a lodge. It's a lodge lodge. And you're like, what the fuck? This is terrible. All right, whatever. <laughs> but before I'm we... surprised it wasn't... Honestly, I'm, I'm surprised with the obsession of, like, Twin Peaks of, like, the show. <laughs> yeah. That there wasn't, like... That would... Look, that would have been amazing if they just showed up the, at the Black Lodge and it's like, yeah. Archie, you are the version of humanity <laughs> that is wrong. Escape while you can uh, because pretty much like if you've ever watched Twin Peaks, the lot like if the the show Twin Peaks went into the lodge and then Evil Cooper came out of the lodge, the Evil Cooper in would be this show. This show Riverdale is the evil version of uh, Twin Peaks. But anyways, before they can even get on the road, because they have to pad, there's a party hosted by Reggie, where they're just being like, we gotta be like normal teens for a while and like hang out. And, like, right, right right away they're trying to set this horror tone. Right away. Veronica is referencing The Shining. And she's, like, <laughs> and she's like referencing, like, I know King doesn't like the Kubrick version, but we're going to do Kubrick oh, for sh-. And you're like, you. oh, God. <laughs> like, they're doing, like, fuck they're you. doing this. And then, okay. And then, like, in an admittedly stupid as fuck but, like, funny line, Archie goes, I only know the only king I know is Carrie the musical because they did Carrie the musical. How fucking dare you! <laughs> and then like, in, so they're going to Reggie Reggie's party, 
And one of the the strengths of season three is Reggie. Like Reggie shows up and like starts being like a normal dude, and like mm. the relationship that builds with him and Veronica is like actually solid. This book decides to make it creepy all of a sudden because when they get to the party, uh, Reggie's all like, "Don't worry, Archie. I'll look after you, girl, when you're gone." And oh my god! And then Archie's like, "I'm a punch him. I'm a fighter. I'm a fight this guy. I'm gonna fight. That's all I do is a punch. I'm a punching machine." And uh, then Betty's like, "Yo, dude, chill. You're like on trial for murder. Maybe you don't want to like fight some guy at a party." And then there's like all of this moment, like there's like this moment where they just describe Reggie and Archie's history. Like they're like, we've been rivals for so long. I don't even remember when it started. That's how long it's been. It's like set in stone. Everything that I get, Reggie wants. And you're like, I don't understand the um, obsession in this um, iteration of you know, the Riverdale gang of making Archie like hyper masculine. Cause he's not like a hyper masculine character in any other iteration of this story. Right? No. Yeah, exactly. Like Archie is it's like too weird. He is like supposed to be the everyman. Like Archie is like right. supposed to be like, if you're like, just like kind of like a teen who like doesn't really have, like you're still kind of finding your identity and you don't like, it's like cause pretty much all of what, what Archie is, is like literally as like an, uh, a young adult finding your identity. Like, it's like whether oh, you want to date yeah. this person or this person. And like in, in a way that kind of like is what is also like a, a, a allegory for like how you identify as yourself. Right. right. Like, right. And, and, yeah. And how do you read any of that shit and be like, let's make Archie Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. Like what the fuck? What, dude, what's going dude, on? Dude, 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 dude. They literally reference Lufering no Hulk in this. They <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally do. Because at one point, Jughead is like, "Um, he's Archie's looking full on depressed. He's full on Lufarigno right now. Not, not that, <laughs> like, not that <clears throat> shitty angly or like Mark Ruffalo Hulk. He's the OG." Lou Ferrigno. Uh, it's like something like that. Like he's, I, the, he's the dev. He's the Dev Hulk. <laughs> this, like this story's made for such hipster trash. Who's like, dude? I was born in 1998, and I just love the Hulk TV show that came out in '61. Like said no Shut one the fuck ever. <laughs> Look, literally, Jughead. Jughead is like. Jughead is the kind of character that like always makes me look inwards upon myself and go like every word you say Andrew is pretentious like you need to watch yourself before you become Jughead Jones. He he starts <laughs> this late. he's oh god no Jughead <laughs> in cold blood. He starts the book with a Wallace Stevens quote. Yeah, he quotes like a poet Wallace Stevens. God damn it. And he's like supposed to be the horror nerd in this. So like he Uh. just keeps laying on the horror references so bad. He, at one point later in the book, he recites Randy's rules for surviving a horror movie. He goes like, you guys haven't seen Scream? And like all the characters are like, no. And then Betty's like, I've seen Scream. And she's like, and Jugga's like, that doesn't count. We saw it together. Let me oh, tell you all God. the rules. So, like, like, Randy in Scream is like a character you're supposed to be mocking to a certain degree. Like, I love <laughs> Randy, but like everyone looks at him and like rolls their eyes at Randy. Well, right? Like, everyone's just like, "Oh, fuck you." Well, yeah, because there's Scream. that because there's that amazing scene of like, "I'll be right back." Like, that you literally like doing that. I like I like Randy. I'm not saying I don't I'm like Randy. Randy. Look, I'm not saying I don't like Randy, but that's how like. 
people and we're all fucking randy yeah i was about to say like we are a bunch of randys on this podcast but like every time i open my fucking mouth every time i open my mouth about some stupid horror trivia everyone looks at me like i'm an asshole and they should i'm that's all i'm saying we'll we'll get to this i'm I'm also a contemptible character is what i'm saying uh yeah basically (laughs) in real life Okay, so <laughs> in this, we're, we're kind of getting at the party. We find out Josie and the Pussycats, 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 don't show up to the party because they have to play a, a set with a rival band. Now, if what? you were to get a rival band like the evil version of the Josie and the Pussycats, what would you name it? Keep in mind, it doesn't involve Josie, it doesn't involve the Pussycats, and has much more in common with a certain web slinger. What? The Venom. That is the oh, name. <laughs> I, I, I was going somewhere else where I was literally going to be like freaking like Spidey and the Cunts. Like, is that what we're going to What? Oh, that's why they don't let me work for Marvel because that's the only book I can pitch. Uh... <laughs> I'm like, listen, Marvel, let me direct one of I'm your movies. Do everything I can to make sure this becomes the last episode now. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not much better. Calling their band, like, the Venom, Venom or, like, the Venoms. Like, I think they, like, say, Venom. yeah. Was, was one of their songs rolling down the street like a turd in the wind? Like a turd in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Might as well be. Literally, him, Venom saying that is literally just uh, someone like mixed the beat of that in, like into the music, <laughs> and that's just that's what they're singing over. Now my favorite band of all time. In the wind. In the wind. They just sing it like a Bob. No, they're folk bands. They just sing it like Bob. They're all going like turn the wind. Song now. Andrew, that's the next task after we're done here. <laughs> I'm going to record. Turn it to play the banjo and just start freaking singing on your front porch with oh, uh, Venom lines. <laughs> oh, God. What the fuck? Anyway, we get, uh, we, so at this party, we get Chuck Clayton who shows up, who is a character we've only seen like three times in the show. His main thing was being like that guy who pulled the, the Rage Carry 2 and like ranked women like the whole like i sleep with women to get points thing when like this show for a briefly in season one this show tried to be like really relevant to like current like things happening until they mm-hmm. realized like oh this show is trash we like should not be doing this like this is probably like offensive right. to like real we are part issues. of the problem <laughs> like we're the part <laughs> of the problem we're talking to the people who make these rules like we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to do this okay so betty is at odds at this party and she's trying to be normal luke Uh why do you think betty is kind of at odds and feeling weird about this party it's something about like the like one of the most insane things you can imagine uh happening in season two why is she feeling weird about the party well she's kind of feeling weird because she doesn't know if she's normal she's kind of like having an identity crisis she doesn't really know who she is anymore why do you think she's kind of worried about her own self-identity so something something insane that happens Mm -hmm. oh it's it's nuts worried about her self-identity 
I, I I'll be honest with you. I am I'm I'm completely at a loss, which is surprising. It's right okay. Uh, her father is a serial killer. Her father is revealed mm-hmm. to be the Black Hood, <laughs> who is a, the serial that killer. That is definitely not what I would have come up with, and I'm sad that I did not. <laughs> yeah, her dad. I thought it was because uh, Archie had recently joined the alt right. Yeah, yeah, like he he this is <laughs> he's spending a lot of time on YouTube. His uh his like they they briefly bring up his alt right phase. I think they call it the red dot or something. Like I think that's what it was called the in the dot. show. Yeah, like like he was like shirtless and he was like the red dot and he was like I'm gonna beat up the black hood. And then he just beat up. Oh, um, he's like George, he's just George Seinfeld, really mortified with by that sweater, that cardigan sweater that or not cardigan. Uh, what the fuck is it? He's just—he's just like no, it's a festivus. It's a festivus. You can't celebrate Christmas. It's festivus, and they just like beat the shit out of like some poor person. Um, Jughead compares himself at this party. He's hanging out at this party. He's feeling awkward. He compares himself to a famous author. Jason, what famous author does he compare himself to? Who, who is this? Jughead. Maximum. Maximum. <sighs> this famous author has appeared on BoJack Horseman. What? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna assume it was like a uh, a crime novelist, since that's what his like thing was, is being like a true crime author. E. L. No? James. E. L. James. <laughs> e. L. James. Might as well. He compares. I, I was gonna say Truman Capote because that's like his fucking thing. He compares himself well, uh... to J. D. Salinger. J. Oh, that forgot J. D. Salinger. <laughs> Bojack. Like I just want to remind you that J. D. Salinger was on Bojack Horseman, and it was an amazing bit. And, and, yeah, it was delightful. And it was delightful. Um, as everybody in that show is. Uh, uh, I don't, why? I don't know. He's just I'm like Salinger. I'm like J. D. Salinger. I don't like talking to people. He's like something like that. Like I don't know. Like he's. Well, I mean, um, I mean, I guess he probably. Um, identifies with the main character of uh catcher in the rye right he probably probably. feels he's very much uh in that vein right a little wine bitch probably Probably. they literally play on the if you've ever seen like if you right now if you type in like riverdale gif like what you'll get is like jughead like doing the thing of being like i'm weird I'm a weirdo. Like, that's, like, the most famous quote from, like, the... I'm doing so right now, actually. And um, that's, like, the thing that normally comes up. And they reference that line. They're, like, immediately, like, they go, like, you know me. I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. And you're, like, all right, guys. Like, I've seen Yeah, that's kind show. of, like, the Holden Caulfield thing, right? Like, is I'm, like, special and unique and I'm better than everyone else. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. Then we get... I'm a dickhead. Then we get Tracy Hepburn. Tracy and Hepburn are brought up as a duo. Like all modern kids do, we're brought we're, uh, brought up West Craven. West Craven also comes up. Like this is a full on like Jughead chapter, obviously, because it's getting like ridiculous. Uh, we get some Kerouac references, like of course, because it's like he's just learning to be pretentious. He has to bring up Kerouac. Um, then we get uh, the Lou Ferrigno Hulk reference, of course. Uh, then J- then we finally get to a modern day reference, a modern day horror killer. Luke, what modern day horror killer do you think is just mainstream enough to get Riverdale attention? Ooh, ooh, mainstream. I had one until you said mainstream, and now I'm now I'm a little. Uh, I, so I'll just go with what I thought. I, I'll, I'm gonna go with uh, Victor Crowley. <laughs> what Victor Crowley? He's like 
Jughead's like, Archie went all bold Victor Crowley and ripped that guy's face off in that crazy one-shot. No, he compares him to Jigsaw. Uh, (laughs) What? Yeah. He says, like, he's like, I'm like Jigsaw in a world of the replicants or something like that. Like the replicants from uh, from Blade Runner. What the fuck? Yeah, like he brings him up at the same point. He's like, it's like a it's like a trap. It's like a trap by Jigsaw, and I'm feeling like one of the replicants from Blade Runner. Like it's like I they're probably that's a very mixed metaphor. They're probably like spaced out a bit more, but like my, my references just say Jigsaw and the replicants brought up. Oh God! Like like I just R.I.P. Rud- by the way, R.I.P. Rudger Hauer. Oh, R.I.P. Rudger Hauer. I'm sure Over he would. I'm sure he's very glad that he's getting uh you know a a point of reverence in this podcast uh from whatever other world he's in he's like what the fuck these these guys brought me up at a riverdale podcast i'm a curse literally this podcast is just tears in the rain tears in the way thank god for the most part so we're at this party and we kind of like learn like ethel's there uh ethel and uh, ethel's looking for you know she's looking for dilton doily because they, so they can do the gargoyle shit like the gargoyle king shit is like happening in the background uh which is thank like god like they're playing the game yeah yeah they're all playing the game like people well, are pl- let me get this straight they're at a party with dueling bands with like 20 people there no, okay no no, no playing no. essentially dungeons and dragons in the background no, what no, the no. fuck okay is this shit? okay so okay so here's the story so the band, the the band, the battle of the bands is actually happening the next night, and that's why half the party skip. Like this the is a two skip. night, two party night. Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't see the other party because like the, the party like skips here. it. Like the Josie and the Pussycats, they like only show yeah. up for a few minutes because they have to skip it, and they skip, and then they go do their thing, and then um, they uh, they kind of like peace out, and then Ethel is there. Ethel's not playing. Grab Griffins and Gargoyles. She's looking for Dilton so she can play Griffins and Gargoyles. <laughs> and like Jughead's like, why are you looking for Dilton at this party? And Ethel's like, he said he would be here. I gotta go find him. And you're like, there's nothing lamer than somebody trying to play like D and D at a social party, except for somebody trying to play with one other person. You can't play two people D and D. Yeah, there's like one other party. dude. There's like literally their entire party is like three people like in the game and i don't understand who the dungeon master is because if that's the case but anyways but like, like yeah no you need four people then. you need you need at least four people to play and like come ideally on. you need five because you want like a good party of four right like come right. on right come on this is the nerdiest conversation in history by the way but oh really that, that i mean was... we're talking about the fact that i just read a book for children so <laughs> <laughs> but, but what children like this this book appears to be filled with references from eh, late 60s to early 80s it's, in a book for children. It is legitimately so confusing because if you had read the, the prior book, you would be like, oh, this is a book like legitimately like I would say the day before is like a book for like you could just give like a, a young adult. Like you could like literally give like a teen nowadays and they would like read it and enjoy it. Right? Yeah, you can't you can't as like a forty something or thirty something write a bunch of pop culture references for a twelve year old because a twelve year old knows none of the shit that you know and grew up with. You like my twelve year old wouldn't know fucking Lou Ferrigno was. No, because like it like okay, so here's the Are you fucking kidding me? The literal quote quote is it made me go a Hulk. 
Lou Ferrigno Hulk. And you're like, right. That would mean nothing that like the, it would mean <laughs> that nothing. Means anything to me. Well, I, I don't even know why you have to make that distinction. Well, it, yeah, it's like, so I, I think because it's hipster bullshit. Yeah. That's honestly, like that's one of the things about Riverdale is that it constantly do, goes this like, it thinks it's going the extra mile, but not really going the extra mile because like going Hulk, it just means like you're going, you're really mad and you want to fight a dude, right? Like that's what it means. Lou Ferrigno Hulk doesn't mean anything different than a Mark Ruffalo Hulk or, God forbid, an Eric Bana Hulk. Like, it doesn't mean anything different. (laughs) Like, it doesn't mean anything different. I could be like, why is all this for Ang Lee's Hulk? Come on. We we don't talk about Edward Norton Hulk. (laughs) I, like, I don't fucking, like, you have to be a 12 year old neck beard to read this book like the person this book is written for doesn't exist okay a 12 year old wearing a fedora you'd have to be i mean are are you a hundred percent sure on that on that statement yes look okay there's no 12 year old on this planet who knows who fucking lou ferrigno is lou ferrigno's if lou ferrigno as a man has a 12 year old child he has no idea who fucking (laughs) lou ferrigno is Somewhere right. out there, Luke? I'm gonna find this neckbearded twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you got on YouTube once? You've seen all the neckbeard twelve-year-olds. <laughs> they're there. They're on YouTube. <laughs> no matter what you go to, you go to like pup- puppies in the snow, and they'd be like, "Oh, women puppies could never do this." <laughs> women can't be ghostbusters. <laughs> women can't be ghostbusters. And you're like, this is just like a picture of a plant. Like, why are you commenting on this? Well, okay. Somewhere, some, somewhere okay. out there, Sophie knows someone's talking about her because she brought up ghostbusters. She's <laughs> a like... 12-year-old right now typing on the computer about fucking Ariel being black. Oh, God. Somewhere. You know it. You know it's happening. Okay, so but... Ethel is described as being creepy, like she's auditioning auditioning for a role in Scream Blank. This is the case. Consider a ridiculous number that is a ridiculous, supposed to be a ridiculous sequel for the movie Scream. Luke. <clears throat> so, uh, so we're talking about a ridiculous number. Yes. We'll go uh, uh, Scream 69. <laughs> Scream 69. Jason, That's what, the porn parody. Jason, what do you think? <laughs> Ghostface takes on a whole new meaning. <laughs> <laughs> he lost a face. His mask is white for a completely different reason. Yeah. 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 That's because he's. And that reason is Bukaki. Bukaki. Spookaki. Well, there you go. Anyway. <laughs> I hope there's a porn movie called Spookaki. If there's not. <laughs> I found my role as a director. Uh, Jason, what's a ridiculous right number here. that you would you would say? And it's high. And I'll give you this hint. Transylvania. Transylvania 6. What? Oh, I, I'm not, I don't, This is where I learned this is where I learned that I am a much bigger fucking loser than everyone else on this podcast because there's a movie called Transylvania 65000 that stars Oh, okay. that stars Jeff Goldblum. And this, uh-huh. this, I'm aware of this movie. And this person, Ethel Mug, she looks like she's auditioning for a role in Scream 5000. And you're like, come on, Jughead. Fuck you. What? Yeah, he's just making a dumb I stuff. don't understand. 
Hey, but it's okay, because guess... So you're making Transylvania 6 5000 fucking references now? No, no, they're not in the book. They're just making Scream 5000. Like, that was the joke. Like, I don't know why they chose 5000. trying to get you to guess they... somewhere in the thousands. But well, are they trying to say that there's been 4,999 Scream movies made in this universe? I mean, it's kind of the same what joke they that we would say? make about, like... It's the same joke a lot of people make about any movie that has a bunch of sequels where you're like, oh, and uh, this year we're going to have, like, Jigs or uh, Saw, like, 4,000 or something. Like, but that's, be like, the a kind of thing kind of like, here's, But here's my problem with this, Luke. Like, <clears throat> this is a fucking book that's trying to get all horror nerdy on you. That's, like, a joke that somebody who on the outside would make about, oh, you're going to see Nightmare on Elm Street 7,000? That's, like, yeah. completely not horror nerd. Do we, have like, the, do we have the writer's uh, number? Let's give them a it's call. It's just fucking bizarre. Ask for this right now. Is there like seven people writing this book? No, it's this only a book one. By committee? It's only one lady, and she's like a really mm-hmm. good writer. And everything else I've read by her, and like I don't understand what happened in this book. Like I feel like somebody like sent a mandate, and the mandate just said, "Be more hipster." Like because they I was like, say, do you think that this was something mm-hmm. that was cooked up where they're like, "Hey, we need you to include this, this, and this," and. It's scream five thousand. Be be a little bit, be a little bit more like, like appeal to the hipsters. That's what we gotta do. Yeah, like like the fact that that's my point is that that doesn't appeal to hipsters. Scream five thousand. That's just a weird thing to joke to make in a book like this. Look, if it's trying to be hipster. Look, Betty's high. Betty's high on Adderall. She's super. She's down on all these Adderall. So like maybe that's just her Adderall dreams. She's dreaming us. Scream 5000. Or is she saying, or is she like singling this character out to say that she's like not one of the people that's in the know? Is that like the whole point of that? Ah, it's Jughead. It's pretentious. It doesn't matter what it really means. It's Jughead. Now, immediately. The most neck beard. Yeah, exactly. Immediately after this, they then go like, and Betty's my, and I'm Iron Man, and Betty's my Pepper Potts. And you're like, and you're like, all right, that's a modern reference, right? Like, so, like, it goes from, like, oh, what are you in, Scream 5000? Which there hasn't been a Scream movie uh, for over five years, right? There's been two TV show, two, v- two TV seasons, and another TV season that got rebooted because nobody watched the other two TV seasons. Nobody knows. <laughs> they're, all what about, about they're all about Pepper Potts, which was introduced in the newer Marvel movies, but they got to go back to Lou Ferrigno Hulk. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, why are they be like, oh, like, this is like Karen Page who dated, uh, you know, who dated Iron Man in, like, the 60s, okay? <laughs> She's my Pepper Potts, meaning she'll show up for the first film and then disappear for the next seven. <laughs> <laughs> and then appear at the very end of and then appear again at the very end of my deathbed. So then they go like, "Look, we're ditching this party. Archie's become all aggro. We've got to ditch this party. We're just gonna go eat at Pops. This is the same Pops that was once uh, raided by Bonnie and Clyde, which we found out last last book." <laughs> How old I, I, believe, I believe there was a question involved with that too, and I think I failed that one miserably. Yeah, no, also, it's okay. It's, was the name of, or why it was called Pop's Diner or something? Yeah, it was just like what's what famous crime duo showed up at Pop's Diner, and of course, oh, was, that was it. Yeah. Okay. Jesus. This Christ. is where we find something that I found mind blowing because I can't imagine how this fits into this universe. So, they find one of the creepy kids, one of the creepy scouts of Dylan Doyle, is playing Griffins and Garbagorals. At the at the pop diner, right? Then by himself. 
Oh yeah, by himself. Which again, you can't fucking do. So I don't <laughs> know why the fuck. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, oh, I roll for initiative. Like you just see him like rolling to a twenty. Wow! Both the dungeon master and the player. Wow! I rolled for initiative and I gained friends. It was great. We just hang out. I'm not alone. And that <laughs> Hey pops, would you pretend to be a dragon for a second? Okay. <laughs> and pops is like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, oh, I once had Mandy Moore give me tickets for a, a show. Which happened in the Bonnie last book. Clyde shot me in the ass. Get the fuck out of my... <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Okay, to describe Griffin and Gargoyles, Jughead goes, oh, they're playing some Dungeons & Dragons type game. And you're like, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Dungeons & Dragons exists in this universe? How the fuck did the guy who made Griffins and Gargoyles not immediately get sued out of the fucking planet by Gary Gydax? Why was he not like, listen, motherfucker, you think you can just come and make some Griffins and Gargoyles bullshit? And, you, like, and also, like, in the 80s, like, I would have been like, oh, no, oh, dude, oh, I'm Gary Gynax. You think oh, the satanic panic is because of Dungeons and Dragons? No, 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 no. It's Griffins and Gargoyles. It's, it's not. Oh, no, no. Dungeons and Dragons reprinted Jesus. And we have a great time. Oh, it's, the, it's the Griffins and Gargoyles. They're the ones who are like, oh, Satan, let's dance for him. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen. But They're talking, and, um, you know, there's a chapter from Pop's perspective, and you listen to it, and you're like, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> nothing from that. Nothing from that chapter. Okay. Do any of you know who. Uh, Nancy Drew's sidekick is Jesus Christ no because Betty is continuing to ask me Betty is continuously compared to Nancy Drew which makes uh, you know Jughead a character named Ned Nickerson and that is apparently the fictional character who is you know who is often referred to as Nancy Drew's boyfriend is that they use that name in the yep and apparently ned nickerson is going to be appearing in the cw show what the fuck yeah did you not know they're making uh nancy drew or nancy fucks now um <laughs> no but we're definitely doing covering that show <laughs> we, we are unfortunately we're definitely we are definitely covering that show. <laughs> the hardy boys i can't wait for the hardy boys fuck <laughs> each other that's like (laughs) supernatural already exists jason we don't need another one um brown is getting fucked for sure oh god that reminds me of like have you guys mostly in 21 jump street uh of course there's a after the credit scene where the one uh, one teacher is having sex with uh Oh, uh, what's his face? He's Channing Tatum. And she's like, it's uh-huh. having sex with both of the Hardy Boys in one. Like, that's what she said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hardy Boys. Okay. Jesus. So they need to come up with a analog for Kool-Aid, drinking the Kool-Aid. So they reference a Dilton's bunker where he has poisonous something aid. They can't use flavor aid because that's what they actually used at Jonestown. Why can't they use flavor? Because uh, I don't know. They're probably worried about being sued. That would cross flavor. a line. I don't know. Just, don't worry. They cross a line later in the book. We'll get to it. <laughs> uh, but Luke. They use Kool-Aid. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> Luke, what aid do you think they used? Haterade. Haterade. Okay. Okay. Jason. Uh, 
I feel like this is an opportunity to make a really stupid fucking joke, but I'm, like, in the book world, like, something like Flavorless Aid or some shit like that. But I'm going to say... I don't know. I I, I literally Googled this, and the only thing I got was this article... AIDS, 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 was called... What did the Riverdale parents do? Their secret may involve this mysterious blue drink. Is it blue aid? It's fresh aid. It's farm aid? It's farm aid. Fresh aid. <laughs> so we've got fresh aid now in this universe. Isn't that great? Fresh aid? Yep. So they, they're just completely going. Now they're just like, look, guys, we've had some burgers. Let's go to Hiram Lodge's Lodge Lodge and find out the secrets and find some shit. So they just start going like, we're going to go to the place. And then they mm-hmm. like they pass by Greendale, which is the place where Sabrina goes. And they're just like, wow, look, guys, a good show. Whoa. Witches. Whoa, witches. Things that actually <laughs> seem congruous with the world that they're in. Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> and they get like a flat tire afterwards. And the flat tire uh, ends up when they get like a cop who's like a stereotypical like – I. It, it seems like uh, he's about to lead them to, like, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house because he's, like, like doing the little twirl of, like, the little baton. He's all like, what's going on here? And literally, okay, in this scene, so to describe that the ride is and the ride goes wrong, Jughead uses three horror movies to compare it to. Two of them are from the 2000s. Urban Legends? No, that's 1997, I believe. Um, oh, okay. Excuse me. Are you, are you about to test my knowledge I am. of 2000s horror movies? 2000s driving so horror, horror movies related to driving. The third Joy one Ride? is Texas Chainsaw. Yes, Joy Rogers is one of them. Oh, you stole it. The second one. Damn it. The second one is a movie that has a shit ton of movies in its franchise, but no one has ever seen any of them. <laughs> Final Destination. No, dude, no, everyone fucking watch Final that. Destination. We're talking wrong turn. I thought, I thought I thought you were being snarky by wrong saying nobody's yeah. ever seen that. Yeah, wrong turn. Yeah. So he's oh, like, shit, Jason's on fire. So he's like, Joyride, wrong turn, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All of that is like this scene that's happening right now with his cup. Looking around me, it's like the children of the corn. So they have to, they, Wrong turn. Yeah, that is that is a deep cut for genre it, stuff. It is so. like uh, Jason. I want you to look up how many sequels there are in the Wrong Turn franchise. I'm doing there that. Right. Actually, I'm actually. I actually pretty much. I really like the first Wrong Turn. Actually, just it's, see, uh, it's a dumb movie, but it's kind of fun. Yes, but how many? I've heard a lot of good things about the second one, which is directed by Joe Lynch. I believe I've seen the second one, but I don't. So we have, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> Wrong Turn in 2003. Wrong Turn 2, Dead End in 2007. Wrong Turn 3, Left for Dead 2009. Wrong Turn 4, Bloody something, Bloody Beginnings. I guess that's the prequel Wrong Turn. Wrong Turn 5, Bloodlines, I think. Oh, uh, am I right? I think Hellraiser uh, has something they should say about that. And Wrong Turn 6, Last Resort in 2014. That was a complete guess when I said 6. Mm-hmm. You got it. And I've seen one of them. I believe I've seen the first two. Well, I've they... seen Dead End at some point. And I don't think I actually really watched it, but I've definitely seen and it. And if this book were a horror movie sequel, it would be part seven because it's fucking bad. Um, <laughs> so they literally have to uh, 
they literally have to like they have like a car crash and they get a flat tire because of a cat they're like they swerve to avoid a cat then some like the uh-huh. the guy who's like hey what's going on here i Oh, I'm gonna have to take you in. And then, like, Veronica's like, Do you know who my dad is? My dad is Hiram Nodd. Do you want me to call him? And she's like, He's all like, Well, I don't wanna ever do that. I've heard of the lodges. I'll just, like, help you change your tire and uh, let you go. Let you go. And then, okay. and then Jughead makes the most racially insensitive reference of all time. Mm. It's very modern. It's like, it, mm. it's very modern. He makes a reference to Get Out. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Really? Jughead's like, man, this is like Get Out. And my reference was like, yeah, uh, but you're white as fuck. So like, I don't know what. How is this anything like, like Get Out? It's literally nothing like Get Out because <laughs> you're white and you can't make that reference, dude. Like, that's bad. And then like Betty's all like, Go, did you see that gray van pass? I think I saw a gray van pass. And everyone's like, Betty, you crazy. You're a crazy lady. Let's just change his tire and just go. So they're chugga, 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 chugging on. And then they make their next stop. And they stop at a general store. And this general store is obsessed. And they thought they were great friends with the person that Archie got murdered. Uh, but Archie's like, I didn't actually murder him, so I'm innocent. So, like, chill. And they're like, Oh, we hate you now. And then Jughead goes like, Wow, these people are like the twins from Shining. That's creepy. Fucking Christ. And then he compares one of the twins to Miss Pac-Man. He's like, looking at them, they look exactly the same. So literally, is this book just about making references to whatever the hell it can, wherever it can? (laughs) This is just and they're all random. Like there's no rhyme or reason to them. It's literally ready. This is like a fucking horror movie Mad Libs. It's like Ready Slayer Oops. One. Like it's just Ready Player ready One, Slayer but one. <laughs> it's just using all of the like oh, horror references. So they like finally go like, man, this is creepy. These kids are vibing us mean. So we're just gonna go to the lodge. Uh, <laughs> and then when they get to the lodge, they just find a pile of dead birds. Apparently, inside of the lodge. There's a pile of dead crows. And then all of a sudden, like, Jughead's like, well, that's, I guess that's why they call it a murder. And everyone's like, fuck you, Jughead. We'll, add, we'll fucking throw you in a bear Did costume. Did you just say murder? A murder. A murder. <laughs> like a murder of crows? Yeah, but I, I could have said a murder. Oh, God. Uh, but what I was going to get to is they should just throw Jughead in a bear costume and burn him alive. Um, yes. <laughs> because if anyone deserves it. Oh, yeah, we're making our own references now. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... Look, now, I'm I'm throwing shade, but, like, to be honest, like, it's, like, a kind of, like, a fun, spooky tale up to this point. Like, it's kind of just like, oh, this is, like, all the weird setup. Like, a few weeks ago for this podcast, I reviewed a uh, Friday the 13th YA novel, novelization. And, like, mm-hmm. honestly, this kind of reminded me of the same thing. Now, the difference between that and this is, like, murders happened and no mm-hmm. murders happened here. And it wasn't as reference-heavy. Like, it was just, like, we're normal kids in the Friday the 13th thing. I just don't understand who this book is for. Neither do I. That's what I'm... Neither do I. I think it was made for this podcast. Like, I think they were just like, look. <laughs> it's made for Andrew. <laughs> like, look, this guy named Andrew, he'll buy this book. <laughs> like... 
she's our one listener is the author of this book. Exactly. <laughs> she fucking was listening to us. So they're like they're they're she's gonna be very disappointed now. They're setting they're going to this going to the place and they're going to the lodge and like Veronica's like, I gotta go like do the codes. So Archie's like, Oh, I'll go with you. And like this is where they run out of material. They run out of material because they have another chapter and they split into seventeen chapters. I swear to God. <laughs> Because they just all of a sudden go like Archie's like how many pages is this book? I don't know. I was listening to the audiobook, but it was six and a half oh, hours okay. of my life, and I cannot Jesus get it back. Christ. I cannot get it back. Okay, okay. I've listened to twelve. Just be lucky it was six and a half hours. I started, so I literally started the it uh, audiobook, and it's forty five, which I did not yeah, know before but it starting. It is like a thousand fucking pages long. Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, like, this is, like, at least, I think it's, like, 250 to, like, near 300. Like, it's a lot of pages. This is 300 pages of just fucking horror movies. It's a YA titles. novel. What, does anybody know how long, like, something like The Hunger Games is as Hunger far as Games. pages? Yeah, but Hunger Games has a story to tell. I'm, well, I'm just trying to compare it, like, lengthwise in general. So, okay, so it has 232 pages altogether. This is when we get to the filler chapters. Because all of a sudden, Archie, in this life-or-death situation where they're going to get this thing, is like, wow, this uh, this reminds me of this time that we all got mono because we were in this play. And you're like, what the fuck is happening here? And, like, he's just talking about this play. And so they're apparently doing the Crucible. They're all doing the Crucible. They're getting ready to do the Crucible. Of course they of course, Of course they were. I didn't even know what the Crucible was. To be honest, because I'm. Do you don't? Do you know? Do you still not know what the Crucible is? I don't know. They described it as having witches, so I'm like, all right. Yeah, cool. the Crucible is um, a play that is about the Salem witch trials, essentially. Oh, you know, cool because that's it's, it's a great play. Actually, it's a wonderful. play. Hey, no, that's when they go. Arthur Miller. They all get quarantined because they all have mono. So the principal goes, "We need to quarantine all of the students to do mono, and we need to uh, lock them in a room so uh, they cannot uh, spread their mono." And you're like, all right, it's a little illegal, but what else? I guess they're quarantining them. Uh, and then, um, so they're all the all the characters from the play are coincidentally the ones who have gotten the mono disease. So we've got like all these kids who have all mono. Uh-huh. I don't know how they got mono from the Crucible. Were they making oh, it out wait. during the just Crucible? Just wait. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So Cheryl, Cheryl Blossom, who thank God has her own voice actress in this fucking book. In the last book, like it sounded like somebody like it sounded like the character from Big Mouth who was like, "Oh my God, what are you talking about? I'm clearly a man <laughs> doing a woman's butt, okay?" And like whenever this was scenes that weren't narrating by uh, Cheryl's by Cheryl herself, the chapter still did sound like that. But and this chapter unfortunately did kind of sound like that. And it was like, "Oh my God, he gave us mono. <laughs> he was making art and get us out of mono, okay?" can't believe I had a man with Jughead for the play. Gross. <laughs> and then uh, all of a sudden, like, she starts <laughs> interrogating everybody. And she's like, Josie, who have you been kissing lately? And Josie's like, I've already been kissing Reggie. Because I like to kiss Reggie. I don't know why she has the exact same voice, but get get over it. Jesus Christ. I have one voice. And then we find out. So there was this party. They did the play. They did a rehearsal for the play. It went really well. They all went back to Kevin's house. Kevin Kelly. And had Norgie. No. Oh, God, it gets fucking stupid. It gets so stupid. It gets so fucking stupid. Okay, so they're bored at the party. Somehow, both Archie and Reggie 
are both dressed as Romeo. That's an important point. But then you have Why? the they did the Crucible. I don't know. They literally they say that they're both dressed as Romeo. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why they say why? that in the book. They say Romeo. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. So Veronica's bored because apparently they're not allowed to drink at this party because, like, Kevin's dad is still there. And I think at this time he's still the sheriff before he started fucking the mayor who was no longer the mayor. And they just stopped giving a fuck about their children altogether because one of their children left. The other joined a cult. Like, they eventually became terrible parents. Uh But right now there's still parents who apparently care. So Veronica's bored. So Veronica, like, slips a note to – uh, Archie and is like, hey, meet me in the laundry room. And we go, and kiss. And Archie's like, oh, cool, man. So Veronica like goes, Doo-doo-doo-doo. she goes to the laundry room. Then Archie's like, wait, I don't know where the laundry room is. So he just starts asking people like, hey, like, where's where's the laundry room? And at the same time, somebody spills a drink on Reggie. And Reggie's like, oh, man, somebody spilled a drink on me. I better go to the laundry room to wash this shirt so kevin's not mad so they go into the laundry room which is apparently pitch black and then reggie makes out with veronica thinking that it's josie because he thought because he has the hots with josie and he thought josie went to the place and apparently they everyone's like I mean, what the fuck is any so they this? kiss so they kiss for a while <laughs> and then she was like what the fuck is any of this like, i make god Say, you're the man who gave it to Mano, okay? I can't believe fucking you. Give it to fucking Mano. Like, what the fuck? So the woman who wrote this imagined that the same person who's just going to get off on fucking random horror movie references is going to be excited about uh, a fucking Wait. Uh, mistaken love circle? They, they, they solved the plot of who gave them Mano. Who, uh-huh. who do you think gave them Mano? Reggie. No. It was the understudies because they look at the pictures from the night and they're like, what the fuck? oh my god, the understudies are drinking out of blue cups and we're all drinking out of red cups. So like, they must have given us mono so that they could do the play. So like, Is this how they introduce Nancy Drew who fucking <laughs> solves this mystery? No, it's Betty. The mystery of the fucking it's Betty who's, horny mono. So Betty solves the problem and then they keep going like, oh my god, Betty, I'm excited Nancy Drew. Like, it's crazy. You're like the nastiest of Drews, like, cause your dad's a serial killer and you have like the dark side to you. And, like, it's like exactly like Nancy Drew, you know? Nancy Drew loves to fuck guys who only eat burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate this. Book. It's uh, it's a, uh, it's so stupid because like it makes no sense as to why they're referencing this in the story. Like this whole chapter. Is just so we can find out that the understudies poison them all so that they could do the play. I can't believe you made me um, leave my newborn child <laughs> to listen to this. <laughs> it's fine. You know what? Because they finally switch back to reality and we switch over to Jughead. Please, please, made is a strong, a strong, strong <laughs> over exaggeration. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you were the first one to volunteer for this. <laughs> look, look, guys. Let's be serious now. We're going to Betty and Jughead, and they have a very serious movie to talk about and reference at this moment. It's dark. They're referencing an Audrey Hepburn horror movie. Luke, do you know any Audrey Hepburn horror movies? Uh, I knew you were going to go to me first, too. 
I, I, I have no clue. I, off. This is a bad time to ask me this because let's be honest, my brain cells are completely dead at this point. You know what? That's fine. So, so is mine. Because breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> no, they. Re- they. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. They referenced breakfast at Tiffany's in the last book because. Oh, they did. Because that's where they wanted to make a um, you know, a slur against uh, oh, no. uh somebody obeying. Oh no, the, we're, we're the, not breaking up, uh, Mister Hiroshi or whatever they call it. He's, he's not. It's not a. Good um, I believe uh, the Audrey Hepburn movie. <clears throat> can I get? Can I take a shot at this? Yeah. You have time to look this up. I don't. Trust I didn't look it up. I promise I didn't. It yeah. is, and I know that there was an Audrey Hepburn movie with the word dark in it, so I'm just trying to think of what it actually is titled. I've never seen it, but it's something stupid. It's like Until Dark. Ah, or it is Near Dark. It's not Near Dark. <laughs> near it's Dark. It just, Bill Paxton uh, shows up and is like, what the fuck is happening here? I'm yeah. a, I'm a <laughs> I would wish this book turned into... If this book turned into Until Dark, I would definitely read it. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, it's uh, waiting for dark. It's wait until dark. Wait until dark. Wait until uh, dark. See? And it's like waiting for Gothman, something like that. I gotta be straight with you. When this book is making references to movies I personally haven't seen, <laughs> I don't mean to be like a guy who calls shenanigans, but like, yeah, I want to call shenanigans because, like, dude, like, I'm in this deep. I'm recording a podcast yep. on this shit. I wrote for a horror movie website. And I wanted to yeah. see until, Wait Until Dark, but I just haven't got around to it yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Because yeah, there's, there's any number of old horror movies I haven't got to, and it's well, not I, That's understandable. Again, my, my point is, though, what child reading this book is, I is like, I, want, I remember that Audrey Hepburn. It seems like somebody from, who's I, I, trying I'm, to fit in to, like, this hipsterish like culture Ooh. while... Which, but but like, that's what I mean. Like it, it, it has like a hipster vibe to it, but also like like ultra hipster vibe where they're like, I'm just gonna Google Audrey Hepburn horror and I'm just gonna make that reference. Just but, to be yeah, happy. but Luke, you don't know this, but this is like if there's there's episodes of Riverdale that reference John Paul Sartre. <laughs> they do. Like that's that's what this show. That's what the show is too. Like the show is just I... hipster bullshit. So so here I am finally after after being on the last episode now and this one saying there's literally no chance I'm ever going to watch this show and I'm on the podcast about it. <laughs> it's fine. It's all of a sudden so this is where like suddenly like I'm at work. So suddenly my boss comes and starts talking to me about talking to me about some shit and I'm just like trying to like listen to the pipe pay attention to this audiobook while listening to my boss talk about something. And he's like talking. He comes up and he starts talking to you about uh, "Wait Until Dark" <laughs> by Audrey Hepburn. Yo, you ever like, seen? Can you believe this shit? Yo, man, it was like a Lou Ferrigno Hulk movie in that shit, man. Like I was sitting there being like, "Whoa, when's it gonna be dark?" I'm he waiting saw until what it. You were reading, and he had already read it, so he's like, "I'm gonna take this moment to connect with Andrew." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he was literally just complaining about why a coworker wasn't there, talking about all the times that his car broke down and he showed up for work, and I'm just like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, yeah, yeah." yeah. And then I start paying attention to the book again, and I'm suddenly in New York, and I'm like, "What? <laughs> Why are they in New York?" I'm like trying to like I'm listening to this chapter, and it's like literally like Jughead and Betty, like they go to the place where they went to when Harry met Sally, and they ate, they have a sandwich there, and you're like, "All right, what's happening here?" And like Jughead's being like the biggest douche possible, where he's like, 
Yeah, we're like, I guess this part of New York is cool. Like, if you like rom-coms, they're like a fucking loser. And then he's all like, man, I'm just like trying to enjoy New York. Like, why are you being a dick? And then like eventually they get brought to the place where, oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Where is this place? Jo- uh, John Lennon got shot there. Where? What's the place called? Uh, uh, the hotel. Yeah, the um, hotel. They man, I should know this, and I it, now I'm gonna I'm going to look this okay, up. Okay, it's fine. We'll we'll eventually bring it up again. Oh, the Dakota. That's what it's called, the, the Dakota. Dakota. And like yes. I, and like at one point, like there's this point where like they mentioned the Dakota, like like they're walking by the Dakota, and like That's wow, what where, a beautiful uh, building. And my brain is yeah. literally like, hey, wasn't that where like Rosemary Baby was shot? And like. <laughs> No, that's where Mark David Chapman uh, David... waddled his fat ass up and shot John Lennon <laughs> like a piece of garbage. Like a dumb penguin that he is. Like a dumb penguin. Like, wah, 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 wah. Imagine yeah. this. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, Mark David Chapman sucks. Um, and it was, uh, and that was literally like the first thing I thought of, like when they brought up the Dakota. I was like, oh yeah, that's where like John Lennon was shot, right, by Mark David Chapman. And then like Jughead's all, hey, hey buddy, do you know this is where Mark David Chapman shot John Lennon? <laughs> and then I was like, oh fuck me, I'm the stupid ass character. Like, look at me. <laughs> Let's go watch. Wait until dark. <laughs> Did you like the time I was at my movie theater that got bought out by a rich man? And we watched Wait Until Dark. And then we ironically watched Independence Day on Independence Day, which happened last <laughs> book. Uh, that's not a joke, by the way. Oh, Jesus Christ. So then this is, when, this is when Betty and Jughead start to have their first real argument. Where do you think Betty wants to live in the future? When she goes to college. It has to do with the last book. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you go to me first for these. You, no, you literally know. I'm sitting here and I'm just. I may as well just be saying. <laughs> the entire time I'm listening to you. Uh, That's the appropriate response by the way. To everything that's being said. And you're also assuming I remember anything we talked about in the last one. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. Movies are made. Hollywood. She wants to live in LA. That's where she wants to live. So Betty's all like, I. I, I literally can't get anything right without hints. Apparently. That's no, no, no. It's I'm fine. Doing. It's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's and you know how I celebrated that movie today. I sold all my Quentin Tarantino stuff because fuck I you, Quentin Tarantino. I made fun of Quentin Tarantino on Twitter. <laughs> I, Twitter. I made fun of Quentin Tarantino, Twitter. and then I literally, before this podcast, stole every Wait, single happened? thing I owed of Quentin Tarantino. I just why? I doesn't like Quentin Tarantino. He put he put or he put Omar Thurman in danger. There's a whole story. He's, oh okay, yeah. yeah okay. And I was just like, I just thought there was something new that happened that was nah, out of the loop because no. I was in the hospital. No, Quentin no. Tarantino is just Quentin Tarantino. Is, yeah, Tarantino. no, I, yeah. You either he's... like him or you don't, and. That's perfectly fine. Is Jughead from this book? Actually. Oh my god, that's so fucking <laughs> true. Yeah, I'm a god, babe. Why aren't like, <laughs> you wearing sandals? Like, I'm laughing like I have any idea like why I should be laughing. But <laughs> just you saying it just makes me laugh. It's true. Hey, I'm like Quentin okay? I'm Quentin okay? <laughs> Let me talk about how much I love Riverdale, okay? It's the greatest thing ever, okay? It's like when Mark David Chapman was shot. 
just kidding. He shot someone else. Okay. You know if you're My real favorite nerd. thing is just this new, like, persona <laughs> Drew has taken on of, like, the super douchey <laughs> fan. <laughs> Wait, I thought, I thought, I thought Quentin Tarantino was, had just joined the podcast. <laughs> I, that, I was I was literally yeah. about to make the super douchey fan that also basically is Quentin Tarantino. That is yeah. a podcast. I watched a po- I watched a lot of black exploitation. Okay, so I can use the end. Okay, I can use it in every movie. Okay, there's nothing wrong with it, Spike Lee. Okay, get anything against me. Okay, I don't care what the '90s had to say about this. Okay. I just picture fucking Spike Lee like at a party with Quentin Tarantino say this to him and him just standing there staring at him. The only thing he's the only thing Andrew is missing is the face that looks like he's been doing coke for forty eight hours straight. <laughs> it's not cocaine, okay? It's eighties oh, exploitation God. cinema that you haven't seen because you don't know everything about oh, this very director. Okay, if you knew all about the director of photography oh, of the black exploitation movie, uh, Shaft <laughs> Two, Shaft Goes to Africa. Okay, blah blah blah, toes. Blah blah blah. You had the bug eyes for a second there, and then you started losing. <laughs> it's horrible. Wow. Um, but yeah, so anyways, so they're just hanging That's out, amazing. referencing Warren until dark. They had this fake fight because they, like, they're so different. Jughead wants to live in New York during his 20s, and then he mm-hmm. wants to retire. Where do you think he wants to retire, Jason? Where's Jughead want yeah, to retire? And, and keep in mind, like this is a ripoff of a horror <laughs> of a horror creator that we referenced earlier in this podcast. Oh fuck! It's a ripoff of what? Like I don't understand, like where he lives. Well, like I don't it's understand. yeah, it's like the 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 home place of a very famous horror writer and director. Sorry, I don't think he's ever directed. I think he's. Oh no, he has. He Maine. Yes. Banger. Yes. He has directed the magnum opus known as maximum overdrive that is true my god how could i how could i ever forget maximum overdrive the greatest movie who made who see i wouldn't go to to jason first because he gives you like legit answers whereas if you'd gone to me first i was going to be like fucking fire island or something (laughs) i want to go to the place where they had the fire festival okay i know it was like not great, but like I want those sandwiches. Fucking Cut the jughead driving the car. Fucker. I'm prepared to suck a dick to get the water back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wants to be like uh, Stephen King and retire to Maine. He literally goes like, uh-huh. "I'm gonna go to uh, Maine like Stephen King." I thought he wanted to be J.D. Salinger. Yeah, I don't know. He's he has no no consistency. Anyways, and then they they flip back to modern time because they're like, oh yeah, we have an actual plot that we want to deal with, not this random New York scene where we're just like they're going to various places in New York and being like, wow, what movie happened here? Oh wow, oh, I remember Breakfast at Tiffany's. Wow, that's one thing we've got, um, <laughs> which is uh, great. Uh, and your uh, fucking nineties crap radio song. Then they 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 go to an event. They flip back to the 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 present Veronica is willing to make a step forward into a dark space that Archie's like, no, I want to go. And they make a reference to a moon landing 
to the moon landing. They make a reference to the moon landing. What do you think they say instead of one giant, one step for blank, one giant leap for blank? Luke, you're praising the Lord. <laughs> you're praising the you're praising the Son of Christ. What do you uh, what do you want to bring up? What do you think? Uh, one small step for Audrey Hepburn. Fair, fair. It was one small step for uh, women, one giant leap for feminism. What? <laughs> yeah. Here's here's the sad part is I literally toyed with saying the 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 first part about one small step for women or one small step for women, and I was like, no, I gotta say something else. So I just went. With Are we sure other like random. an actual? person wrote this book that's not a pseudonym for like max landis who wrote this book. <laughs> oh god no 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 look i swear to god Nicola stow wrote a good book it happened last episode the book last episode yeah. is fine it's fine if you went back and gave it to a teenage me he would probably be like look man what stupid asshole is gonna write a podcast about this like i'm not interested and then eventually if it's max landis it's legitimately like one small step for my dick one giant leap for freaking sexual harassment chronicle (laughs) chronicle oh helicopter parents oh sorry i didn't mean chronicle i meant freaking bright oh god i mean chronicle works they're too. all bad gives me but... gives me a chance to write bright too and just completely fuck your shit up i mean chronicle kind of makes more sense in connection to this book because kind of chronicle is just ripping off a whole bunch of other shit too did they reference chronicle in this book because... no they didn't because they have enough class not to do that um <laughs> if they were ever to be like hey what's some like media that we should just put into a spaceship and launch towards the sun um it would probably i mean that's fair if netflix was to make a film based on this book it would be better than bright of course it fucking would of course it would Literally having a live live stream of a truck stop washroom is like better than bright. Like, come on. Anything anybody anything anybody can produce is better than anything sitting in Max Landis's unproduced catalog right now. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> so I could make a movie. I could make a movie tomorrow that's literally just me peeing in the toilet, and it's better than anything Max Landis has going right now. It's very true. All true. It's very true. All true things. Hey, g- Turn in, tune into Snapchat tomorrow. This is going to happen. Look, it's fine. <laughs> so Betty's taking a shower, and Jughead's all like, I guess I'm going to go look around when she takes a shower. Don't chill. Don't get stressed, Betty. So he's like going around. He's trying to find the secret place of Hiram Lodge. He like starts moving things. He's like, whoa, what's going on? What's going on? And then Veronica's like, yo, dude, like, why are you going through my dad's stuff? And why are you leaving these weird Jughead marks? And then Jughead looks over, and there's a crown. And he's Jughead's like, what the fuck? I didn't write this crown. Like, where did this crown come from? And then, like, Veronica's like, oh, fuck off. You're just being stupid Jughead and, like, scratches it off. We never find out who wrote the crown. We never find out. It's supposed to be a mystery. Jughead, uh, Archie also finds a note on his bed that says, I know what you did. Last summer. Okay, look. And there's this uh, giant cum stain on his bed. (laughs) 
Oh, why do we have any Alyssa? I, I appreciate the um, restraint of <laughs> Betty getting in the shower and not making a Psycho reference, honestly. Yeah, you know what? It's fine because they definitely did make the I Know What You Did Last Summer reference because when he finally writes it out, Jack, it's like, oh my God, like, you know what I did last summer? You know who was like the director of photography in that movie? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And um, it would be perfect if it was just a reference to uh, whatever the scary movie one, where it's just the I know, and it's a picture of his tiny dick. (laughs) (laughs) If I had all the money in the world, I would make this film and pay whatever it takes to make Quentin Tarantino play the Jughead character. (laughs) (laughs) I should just do the audio. I should illegally do an audio book for this, but just in Quentin Tarantino's voice the whole. Quentin Tarantino as Jughead. Oh my god, okay. You ever seen Wait Until Dark? Okay. She doesn't wear socks at one point and it's super sexy, okay? <laughs> I've had the In N Out Burger on Sunset Avenue. It's shit. I eat the In N Out Burger, okay. Mimosa and milkshakes now. It's just Quentin Tarantino impression hour. <laughs> Uh, I hope you listen to his fuck face. Uh, and then, <laughs> so then this is when uh, Jughead, like they're all sitting around drinking wine, and um, Archie's like, I can't tell anyone about this note. They'll get too screeped out. I don't want anyone to get hurt because of me. And you're like, dude, just like get to the plot and like just fucking show the note. But they're all like hanging around. They'll be like, so what do we do now? Look, look, look. Oh, wow, the thunder. It's certainly scaring us all. Glug, glug, glug. Let's drink some more. And then, like, Jughead's like, yo, man, this is like if we were in, like, a horror movie. And, like, I'm like, what are you talking about, Jughead? And then Jughead's like, there are some more rules if you want to do a horror movie and hear the rules. And then he just, like, goes full Jamie Kennedy and literally recites the rules from Scream. And then everyone's like, before we get into this meta horror routine, like, what do you think we're all going to happen? Like, what do you think is going to happen to them all? In Jughead's world, who do you think is the final girl? Jason. Betty. Betty. Do you think Betty describes herself as the ultimate final girl, Luke? Yes. Okay. She references three very famous final girls. Jason, if you had to reference the most famous final girls that would just be most referenceable in pop culture, who would you go with? Uh, Laurie Strode. Okay, yep, right? she does that. That's the last one. Uh, Ripley? She does reference, the Rip- Ripley is referenced, but only because Jughead wants to see her in her skivvies. <laughs> Not because she's the one of the best no, ass final No, of of course, like, it's completely, like, I'm just like, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Fuck you, Jughead. Have you not seen the movie Aliens, you <laughs> shithead? Okay. Um, but anyways. Nancy. Nancy. Yes. Nancy. Yeah, that would be my third Nancy. Yeah. And then the third, so another one. The third, the last one is the most recent of all of them, and has to do with the character that he is basically. Ah, Jesus, the, who is basically? There's so much scream in this. Is it Nev, Nev yep. Campbell's character? Yep, it's oh, Sydney. Okay. He's like a big fan of Sydney. Uh, oh, Sydney. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't think of her name. Yeah, it's yeah. It's hard for me to think of Sydney as a final. Obviously, she is a final girl. I'm not saying she isn't, but because it's so meta as references as a final girl, like I almost think of it differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so then, uh, basically, all the lights go out. All of a sudden, like, Jughead and... Sorry, Jughead is, like, talking to Betty. Then Betty hears, like, Archie scream when he goes out, out the door. And he's like, oh, my God, I gotta go see what's going on. 
So like Betty goes towards like where Archie is and she's like, I got to figure out what's going on. And then all of a sudden like Archie gets knocked out. Then she gets knocked out. And then Archie wakes up and he's like, whoa, what's going on, man? Like, what's going to happen to me? And then, like, the bag is removed from his head. It's the creepy twins. And the creepy twins are like, we're not actually evil. Your Hiram Lodges just murdered our mom. So, like, we want to figure out what's going on. You actually tripped. We didn't even knock you out. And you're like, what the fuck? Okay, whatever. We only tied you up because we were worried that you would punch us if you woke up. And I was like, I mean, to be fair, like, that's all that Archie does is Archie punch. Archie punch, punch, punch. And then all of a sudden, like, uh, then we flash back to Veronica and Jughead. Jughead finds Hiram's evil lair, where his super secret lair is in this place. He finds, like, a flash drive that has all the information. And he's like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, we got the flash drive. And we got these flashlights so we can go shave Betty and Archie. So they show up. They go, they show up in the hunting lodge, which is at the as that point of Lodge Lodge. There's a hunting lodge. So they're all hanging out in there having a discussion. All of a sudden, it explodes. I don't know why it explodes. What explodes? The, the lodge. The whole lodge. The lodge explodes. or the uh, the hunting lodge explodes. That's to protect them from finding uh, Hiram Lodge's child porn stash that he has in that fucking lodge. One hundred. The characters all get out because it's Hiram Lodge's stabbing cabin. <laughs> oh God. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> oh well, I'm too lazy to edit this episode, God. so it would be fun. Are you ready? Are are we considering this the last episode yet? <laughs> I hope 100% the, the title of this episode is I'm Lodge's Stabbing Cabin. <laughs> anyway, so the cabin blows up. They lose all their evidence, and they're like, oh, no, we're never going to give up. Let's go back to the town, and we're going to continue fighting for you. So this entire story was just so that a lodge could blow up. They briefly mention a zombie apocalypse, which could be a reference to Afterlife with Archie. We find out that Dilton Doily, the super nerd, is the one who blew up the cabin. On the on the advice of Hiram Lodge. To Hitler in English Bastards. Okay. When you initially did the never give up thing, I I legitimately thought you were gonna be a gonna do the never give up never surrender surrender which is what is that galaxy quest i thought that was gonna be a galaxy quest reference. never give up never surrender okay i'm not reading anything about star trek okay i'm only writing about galaxy <laughs> quest the only star trek in my books okay you get singoni weaver quentin tarantino okay quentin tarantino on record not doing a star trek movie he's gonna do galaxy quest too <laughs> <laughs> no uh, they told me I couldn't do Star Trek because I wanted to do three end bombs, and I could. I, <laughs> and I really wanted to do four. So I had to ask them okay. what was a racial slur for Spock, and then they were like, "Okay." Bones was gonna say the end word <laughs> four times. He probably. Which is. really, that's what Bones wants to say. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense for that character, really. You know, Bones. <laughs> no, don't deny the good word of Bones. Hates black. But I, oh no, I'm sure he like deals with them in one movie mm. once. Uh, but yeah, so that's the book. They don't solve anything, and the place explodes. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the. That's how it ends. That's the, the thing, real? and they're like, "Oh, we'll deal with this next season." And then the season is that comes. a Shining reference to the end of the Shining book? Uh, not because that's what happens at the end of. 
Oh yeah, the shot, the whole, the, the whole, the whole, the whole building explodes, and then it's just like the overlook blows off. Yeah, <laughs> like, imagine that's the way the Kubrick film ended. Like all of a sudden, like Daddy's like, "We're gonna blow this bitch sky high." <laughs> <laughs> and just like, <laughs> no, that's not what happened. I mean, what happens is he's so busy chasing his child around to hit him with an axe that he forgets that he has to release the steam on the fucking. <clears throat> Boiler that's, and the boiler explodes. That's what. Oh uh, wait, that's actually what happens. Doctor oh, Sleep is going to be about. It. It's just going to be about uh, Danny just coming in and making vague horror references for an hour and a <laughs> Danny half. Danny played by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell uh, you. And they're all they're all going to be Shining related. He's just going to be like, remember that time in the Shining? <laughs> okay, if you look to your right, you can see we perfectly recreated the hedge from this specific point in the hedge mage chase okay <clears throat> mike flanagan read this book and initially there's going to be a point in this book where they reference uh audrey hepburn's wait until dark <laughs> and andrew is going to lose his shit <laughs> you'll just see me have an aneurysm in the middle of the theater that would be like story man dies after watching don't doctor sleep i don't know don't sleep speaking of mike flanagan i'm gonna say um this is completely off the rails but i just re-watched re- it jailed's game Better Stephen King film than The Shining. Oh, well, let's see if the hipsters in Gerald's game is so good. In, yeah, really so in twenty seventy two, reference Gerald's game when they're making Riverdale <laughs> the remake, and Jughead's mm-hmm. like, "I make God. Do you guys not even know what fidgets?" Then he gets degloved. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Archie, I know you got degloved. Okay, but you can still use a finish spinner. Okay, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for referencing that. Okay, well, so that's the book. Uh, if you're a big fan of Riverdale, one, I'm sorry that you've listened to this as a person who's a fan of the... Andrew, why do you keep putting yourself through these books? Like, what's going on for real? Like, why are you doing this? Uh, well, it all comes down to... You're not my therapist, Luke, so... It's for the art. Talk- it's for the art. We're not... Talk- for the art. For the art. Mm-hmm. For the artistic... Penance. For the penance. <laughs> penance. I feel like it's I like- need to uh, suffer... I'm like that people, like, you know, back in the olden times, they'd have the flail, the cat of nine tails, and they'd, like, whip themselves in the back. I just listen to Riverdale mm-hmm. audiobooks. It's the same. It's like okay. all those Catholics that went to go see The Passion of the Serious Christ. Serious question. A hundred times. Serious question incoming. Serious answer. And we'll would go see rather, The Passion of the Christ Part 2, by the way. Would you rather listen to this book again or watch all eight episodes of critters and revenge <laughs> like i would listen to this Ooh. book 17 times i would listen to this book like for the rest of my life i would rather wake which up which is hilarious Fuck, Mary because, Kill. Which is hilarious critters because and... critters and new binge <laughs> will last you less than an hour what is it about an hour and 20 minutes total yeah but like if that the amount of pain that movie caused me and the amount of out al- sorry that show and the amount of alcohol i drank to try to forget that movie and it didn't work um, mm-hmm. it cost me way more than this book, which is only my audible credit for the month. I, I just realized that this book is sort of exactly the same as that Boy Meets World episode that oh, we watched. Oh, it is. That's why I'm so angry. What if they released a novelization of Critters and New Bench? I'll burn I would, it. I'll do, that's the only uh, book I support. Burning. I would read it. You know I would. Let's not mention it. I'd be like. <laughs> guys, guys, the book actually has some good points, okay? <laughs> I can't not be going to Tarantino. I got, some of that, I got some of the nuances of the critter-human hybrid. Jesus, fuck. I'm going to watch Critter's Attack after this. I'm going to go. All those 
All those fat jokes made way more sense this time. <laughs> it was a reference to the roly-poly only okay of the original editor, and if you would look at his rotund appearance, you would understand that's what they're talking about. Hold on. Are you things. actually going to watch Critters <laughs> Attack after this? Is that happening? Yeah, it's gonna happen. You, I'm definitely watch Critters Attack. I, I definitely wait, want so. to hear what you think about it. This is all. This is all you can delete this afterwards, but I I'm, definitely want to hear what you got to say about. Yeah, something. I'm gonna watch it before our next episode. By the way, oh man, I'll watch it's it, gonna bro. be great. I'll plug that now. I don't know if you saw my. Oh, review. I did. I did. I saw three, I, and I was like, good. "Well, I guess I gotta watch it three times." <laughs> That's what that waiting rating means, right? Anyways, there you go. Before we get too far off the rails, just kidding. This whole. This has just been like that scene in Snowpiercer where they're off the rails and they're running in the snow. Like that's this whole movie. Uh, we don't let kids die to make this podcast happen, okay? Oh, I thought it was. I thought this was the scene in Snowpiercer where we eat babies. Oh, we, we made this perfectly clear that we facilitate the birth of babies because <laughs> one, we have somebody on here who just had a baby and mm-hmm. who is miraculously capable of creating babies by proximity. See. Mm-hmm. Ladies, listen up. If you're listening to this, I'm in your universe right now. <laughs> I can't wait till this is brought up. I'm recording this from your universe. I can't wait till this is brought up at my trial, and uh, <laughs> I am sentenced forever in a Canadian prison for this podcast. But hey. You know that scene in Private Parts where the chick lays down the speaker? And okay. Stuff no, I'm not doing that. I, I'm I genuinely that. don't know. <laughs> not something I'm I doing. genuinely don't know that scene. And he comes until she orgasms. What? Is it Private Parts <laughs> like a comedy? What is this? Well, Have you never seen Howard, Stern. Howard Stern's Private Parts? No, because like, who wants to watch a Howard Stern movie? He's like the Joe Rogan of the 90s. Who the fuck wants I to watched, spend time um, watching that? Yeah, I was watching Lorena. Um, Lorena Bobbitt? The yeah, the documentary really great, by oh, the way. That's on the, um, like... And they kill Howard Stern in that documentary because he makes like a whole joke about um, with John Wayne Bobbitt. Like he makes him a recurring character and um, you just see the disgusting shit that he says about like sexual assault of women. And uh, it's actually made me very much uh, feel guilty for liking Howard Stern for a while. Like it, it just you hear that shit and you're like. That dude's a piece of shit. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Do you guys have anything yeah, to fuck. do you guys have anything to to plug? Luke, do you have anything to plug before we end this episode on fuck Howard Stern? Uh, which is fair, because fuck you, Howard Stern. I, I, I just uh plugged I've been doing a bunch of uh Fantasia uh reviews for Bloody Good Horror recently, so you can check those out, but also uh, the three of us can appreciate this, but we also do ele- Behold an Electric Terror. Mm-hmm. which you can also listen to if you're a BGH Patreon. Jason, anything that you would like to plug? I'd just like to plug the life of my child who is in this world now. That's all. Fair, fair. You know what? I would like to plug... Congratulations. I would like to plug the washroom that I'm about to run to in about five seconds. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at mpodcastm. And email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com. And if you didn't listen to this episode, well, that's good because I still have my dignity that way. Did you change it to milkshake and mimosas because Archie Fucks is way less friendly as a search option? Yeah, it was off of the SEO because we're hacks. Anyways. And you know and you know how much people <laughs> love fucking mimosas. Exactly, exactly. Like legitimately like fucking mimosas. Well, <laughs> this show will always be Archie Fucks to me. It'll always be Archie Fucks to you. Thank you for joining us, and as always, 
Blame. The CW. Thank you, folks. Have a great day. Bye.